0: Pumped about what's coming. The the opportunity to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And and I know how he works. He's telling you about all your problems. Look, ain't nothing changed. You started this fast. You started back there the first of the month. Look, The only thing different I see is the fact that you're hungry. Don't listen to that. I said, don't listen to that. You just start thanking God. God, I just thank you. Oh, yeah, but you know the stuff that you did and it's the stuff that you did that's created the mess that you're in and the mess that you're in, you ain't going to get out of because you quit eating. You can just say, you know what? God's going to do for me what only God can do. I'm going to walk in victory. He said, I'm going to walk in victory. You know, there's a a story, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there's a story where Jehoshaphat, and he got news that there was uh, several armies that had gathered together. They had, they had, you know, guys that wouldn't normally be running together were now running together, and they were running at Jehoshaphat. He got news. He, they, they came and told him that uh, they, they've gathered out there, and they're getting ready to come. And, and uh, uh, Bible scholars say that the odds uh, were in the neighborhood of 10,000 to 1 against them. I mean, no, that's, that's not real good odds. Yeah, you know, yeah, you ten thousand for every every person in your army. They got ten thousand, and things weren't looking real good. And uh, the Bible says, and Jehoshaphat greatly feared. And if you look in the margin of a, of your King James Bible, it says, duh. <laughs> you know, ten thousand to one coming against you. He greatly feared. You bet. You bet, you know, and, and, and I think sometimes, just interesting to note, that sometimes we get this mindset that fear is like a sin. No, it's your reaction to fear that determines whether you're walking in faith or in sin. And uh, Jehoshaphat greatly feared, but, but you know what they did? Is he said, it says that he declared a fast. And they fasted and they prayed. And while they were doing that, the Holy Ghost spoke and told them what to do. And it told them, you know, you know what, you're not even going to have to fight in this one. You're just going to have to stand there and watch. Because I'm, 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 going, to bring, I'm going to bring total victory for you and your people. And so they got up and they got ready to go and, and, and they headed out. And, and you know the story. You know what they did. Jehoshaphat said, get me all the singers and all the musicians and we're going to put them out in front of the infantry today. And all the, inf- inf- all the guys in the infantry went, yeah, hoo all, get them out there. And all the guys in the, you know, in, in the choir went, <coughs> I don't feel good, <laughs> you know, and, and and they got him out there in front, and he told him, "You're just gonna, you're just gonna sing praises to God. You guys are just gonna go out. And you're gonna lead. You're gonna lead us in the battle with praise." Can you imagine being, you know, being the guy that had always wanted to sing a solo, <laughs> and finding out that today's your day? Stepping out on that battlefield, this is not what I had in mind when I signed up for the band. You know, I thought if I was in the band, it'd keep me out of the war. I'm just a little guitar player. Now you're right up in front. You know what happened? That as they began to sing, those enemies began to kill each other off. That's crazy. As you begin to praise God, as you begin to lift your voice. And if the enemy can't shut you up, he'll kill himself. He'll do whatever he's got to do to not listen to you praise God. You know that song that we sang tonight? Hallelujah. You have won the victory. I'm just telling you that I just think that, that just is like fingers on a, you know, on the chalkboard to the devil. And you're standing there and he's trying to remind you of all the junk that's going on and you stop, you silence hell by saying, You have won it all for me. My God, somebody. You've won the victory for me. Death couldn't even hold you down. You're a risen king. Yeah. Seated in majesty. you got authority in my life. Yeah. My God. What if we lived like we believed that? I'm praying that during this season of fasting that, that, that that's the revelation that just explodes inside of you. That you realize that nothing can stop you When you're in alignment with God. It's not 10,000 to 1 odds against you that, well, I guess we're done. No, nothing is impossible with God. The doctor says I'm going to die. Well, I'm going to make a bunch of noise between now and then. I'm going to praise the tar out of this thing. Huh? Why? Because nothing is impossible for God. Look, I just want to remind you of some scriptures that we've been dealing with. Ezra 8.21. It said, then I proclaimed a fast that we might humble ourselves before our God. You know, maybe that's why this fasting thing can be so tough. Because it really really does take you off the throne. It really gets you to, to scoot over. You know, and, and, and to slide down so that God can come be the, be, be back, you know, the, the, the one seated upon the throne. Remember when John the Revelator said, I beheld heaven and the, and the doors of heaven, the gates of heaven were open. Guys, that's good news. That the gates of heaven are open. There's no separation between you and God. And he said, and, and I beheld a throne and there was one who was seated upon the throne. And you know, in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl, there is a throne. Not multiple thrones. There is a throne. One throne. And there is only one seated upon that throne. And it can't be you. I said it can't be you. I just don't get this fasting thing. It, it's going to humble you before God. My flesh is crying out. And the louder it cries, the more I cry out to God. He said, we, we proclaim to fast that we can humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him the right way for us. The right way for our little ones. The right way for our possessions. See, we're under the impression that we know what's right for us. We, we have been deceived by the great deceiver ourselves. Isn't that what James said? That you would not deceive yourself. We, we've deceived ourselves, and and, and, and be, because we kind of like being the one that's in control. You know, you got the three chairs. Remember, co- commitment, compromise, and complacent. It's in conflict. You know, well, that in that third chair, that's where the natural that's 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 where the natural man's at. See, in the third chair, the natural man is just ruling and reigning. Whatever he wants and whatever he thinks and whatever he sees and whatever he desires, that's what he goes after. That chair of compromise, that's where the carnal man sits. You know, Paul described it. You know, there's the, uh, the, these three these three different uh, rulers. There's the natural man. There's the carnal man. The carnal man, he's born again. But... But he struggles with so much duplicity. It just depends on what's happening and whether or not God's actually ruling or not. Does it look like it'll be to my benefit? Then I'll do what God says. But if it's not to my benefit, then that must not be God. Because I know, because I read a verse that said God wants to bless me. And so we're all after getting blessed. We believe in that part. But you have to understand that God's way is not your way. Isn't that what Isaiah said? My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It's not a put down. It's an invitation up. And it's the the spirit man that sits in that first chair. It's the spirit man that says, you know what? I'm not looking for my way. I'm looking for God's way. You know, I want to know God's way for me. God's way for my kids. God's way for my substance. What do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with this day? What what do you direct me to do? And that that takes a a, a humility that you would surrender to God in all areas of your life. And that you would allow Him to rule and to reign. See, in order to to surrender to that, you, you have to be willing to submit to God's Word. Look at your neighbor and say, Submit. It's almost a nasty word in our society. You know, we, we think about if, 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 I, if I live in submission, then, then someone's going to manipulate me and control me and dominate my life. And, and, and it's not going to be for my good. And, and that's just how, how effective the enemy is at, at weaving that, that lie through our belief systems. Because it's not until we submit to God that we actually can resist the devil. The Bible says that if you submit to God and then resist the devil, he will flee from you. Come on. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But you can't resist the devil until you've submitted to God. But if you think submission is nasty, well then all of a sudden, what's the last thing you're going to do? Submit. You know what? It's not hard to submit to God if you know that God's plan for your life is better than your own I said God's plan for your life is better than any plan you've got you have to submit to the Word of God see chair two people don't submit they just respect they respect the book they respect the Bible it's got important things to say and the third chair guy, he just possesses one, but he ain't got any, any, any plan at all of aligning himself with that book. Now, we need to get in alignment with the Word of God. Because what God has for you is an awesome, crazy, good life. It just seems so weird sometimes to look out this direction. It's almost as if you don't really buy in yet. Well, if I really submit to God, I know what's going through your mind, you already know the stuff you'll have to separate from. And you like it. But you don't realize that what God has for you is better. Oh man, just hurry up and and run through this thing and tell us something funny. Here's something funny. That we would believe that God is actually holding back the good stuff from us. No, He's wanting to to pour it on. I said He's wanting to pour it on. He's wanting to rain the good stuff into your life. And you're going to let some crazy attitude or some long time habit or some, some, some other weird thing keep you from the life that God has for you? Come on, break that thing's control over your life. Realize God's plan for my life is absolutely wonderful. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15, he said, Fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. You see, here's our problem is that we're, we're, we're a little bit afraid of, of you know, hey, I, I kind of like the idea of being a first-chair guy, but I'm kind of afraid of what I'm going to lose if I go to that chair. I'm here tonight to tell you you ain't going to lose anything. It's all going to be increase. It's just a—it's an it's a upward swing. Everything in your life—you're at the threshold of, of of a better marriage. You're at the threshold of better health. You're at the threshold of stronger finances. You're at the threshold of a stronger body, a stronger mind. You're at the threshold of breakthrough. Don't let compromise keep you from serving God wholeheartedly. Put those idols away. Forever. Get rid of that stuff and serve the Lord alone. Serve the Lord alone. That's what we want. We want to serve the Lord alone. God alone is on the throne. No more controversy deciding which voice to listen to. Nope, we've heard from God and that's the way we're living our life. Amen? Amen? Come on, this is what God says, and I'm going to go after God with all my heart. My heart's going to be inclined towards Him, which means that it'll shun anything that tries to separate me from God. It's no longer part of my life. And he said, if you refuse to serve the Lord, if you're going to live some other direction, you're not really feeling it going this way, then choose today whom you're going to serve. Look at that last line, But as for me and my family, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? As for me and my house, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, and I get it, sometimes it's easier said than done, isn't it? It's easy to sit in here and say, I'm serving God, but sometimes between here and the parking lot, just getting back to the car, you're having to make some new decisions. For me and my house, it's for me and my house. I I love the 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 authority in which he made that statement, because he just he just started talking for everybody connected to him. I don't know what y'all gonna do, but me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Now, I'm certain that there was some kid sitting in the back going over there, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) He's like, no, we're doing it. We're serving the Lord. You realize that you cannot say, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord, without actually integrating your house into God's house? you do, you you're fooling yourself if you think you're going to serve you me and my house we're going to serve God but but we're not going to actually integrate it with God's house See, because it, it, until you buy in and be, be a part of the house it's for me and my family you know you know that's what we are right we're we're a family i said we're a family that would be a good place to say amen. We're a family, and uh, we're going to serve God together. I said we're going to serve God together. Well, how do I integrate my house into God's house? What does that have to do with all of this stuff? Well, it's because the blessing that God wants to pour out on you, you, you just—you you, got to realize that God's plan for you is so much better than you think. You know, Wednesday night we, we talked about a verse, just one verse, Jeremiah 1.5. Look at this verse. Just look at me again. Jeremiah 1.5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you. You know, God's not a respecter of persons. He's not just talking to, to, to Jeremiah here. And David in Psalms 139, he made these same statements. He wasn't just talking about David. No, he, he, he knew you before he formed you. In your mother's womb. Before I formed you, I knew you. Do you understand that before God formed you, He knew you? Before He formed you, that word form means to squeeze into shape. Or to cause to take a a distinct purpose, a form. Form. Before I squeezed you into shape, I knew you. That word knew is not just an intimate conversation, but it is is as if God of the universe was dreaming about you and your future. He said, before I squeezed you into shape, I was dreaming about you and your future. Before I before I put you on the planet, see, I, I had a I had a purpose in mind, and I I, I dreamt about you and the the victory that you're going to walk in, and and uh, you you didn't just end up here by mistake. You didn't end up in Tri Cities, Washington, by some kind of an accident. This was not some crazy hookup that your mama and daddy had on prom night. No, God had a plan for you, and He has a purpose for you. And he said, before I started shaping you, I dreamt about you first, and then I set you apart. I distinguished you for a specific purpose, and I appointed you or ordained you or gave you the authority to walk in the the power and the ability to accomplish the, the dream that I had for you. I'm telling you, there ain't nothing big enough to stop you From having what God says is yours. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. You forget what you're going through and look at what you're going to. You know, you got to get in the presence of God and fast and pray and, and get God to birth that vision inside of you so that you've got such a revelation of who you are and your purpose. I'm telling you that you make a difference to the family right here in this house. And that you make a difference to the, to, to the uh, end result that God's going to accomplish in this house. And if the enemy can keep you separated from the house, see, he, th- he thinks he's going he's to mess up God's plan. I'm just here tonight to tell you that no, we're going to get it right. And as for me and my house, we're serving God and God alone. And that means that that We're going to have to integrate into the house of God. We're going to have to move from the chair of compromise and move over that chair of commitment. The problem is, is that you know standing between you and, and the fulfillment of God's dream, there's a doorway, and greeting you at the, at the threshold of that door is fear. You, you don't get to go around it. You don't get to go over it. you got to go through it. Look at your neighbor and so say, you're going through it. You got to set aside those fears. I said you got to set aside those fears. You know those thoughts that, well, man, what what do they want from me? What what's, what's you know what's expected of me? I don't. It just feels like what every time the church doors are open, I'm supposed to be there. And don't you understand? I have a life. Don't you understand that? Uh, we're not trying to take from you. You know, I grew up in a, in a very different uh, uh, environment than most people. We, we were in church a couple of times a day. You know, we, we carried the tent, man. We traveled, we showed up, we did it. You know, we had revivals that lasted a year at a time. We, we were, we, and, and you know, I can kind of understand that because, you know, that, that fear that, wow, if I integrate my house into the house of God, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, everybody's trying to take something from me and they, they want my time and they want my money and they, they, they want my gifts and they want my talents. No, we want to give you some stuff. I said, we want to give you some stuff. We want to help you. We want to benefit you. But we also understand that your life also benefits ours. I'm, a, when I'm telling you, I want you to integrate the house of God into your house. I want you to understand that the garden doesn't just start and end service times. Now, I live my life with my friends in this house. And there ain't anything going on in my world that they ain't a part of. And if I'm going to TJ's football game, I'm dragging them with me. You know, I'm doing church life 24-7, 365 days a year. And if you run into me in Costco, you don't just sneak off down between the bourbon and, and, and the tequila. I'll find you. <laughs> So I know exactly where that stuff's at <laughs> You, you got to deal with this fear You know because Well everybody You know if you're going to be a super Christian nobody Nobody wants to be a loser Christian But we have this fear That if I want to be a super Christian then, then, uh, then I'm constantly here And I have to cut off everything else in my life That's a lie I said that's a lie Look at your neighbor and tell them That's a lie There's more to our lives than just here. We get that. We know that. I want to ask you, where else can you take your family? Where else can you go that you have a family that loves and supports you and believes the best about you? The enemy doesn't want you to ever really birth relationship inside the house. Can I just tell you something? Your work family, they don't all love you there. Sorry, don't, you don't hate to be the guy to break it to you. <laughs> i got my gym family. Can I tell you a little secret? The guys at the gym, they don't all believe in you. They ain't all looking for what's best for you. Well, i got my friends down at the club. They are not for you. Well, I'm not called to full-time ministry. No, you're called to serve God wholeheartedly. And you've got to break through this fear. You know, in reality, in reality I, I really think for uh, probably, uh, you know, 73.7% of all statistics are made up on the spot. You know that, right? And I really think that about 98% of us... Just made that up... Uh, Uh, I I believe that the the, the change for most of us wouldn't really actually include more time. Just a different mindset. Just a different mindset. See, because you, you got that fear. Well, you need to face that fear and you need to break the back of that spirit. So that you can really embrace the life that God's wanting to bring to you. Just by getting out of the chair of compromise and getting committed. Me and my house. Me and my house. I said me and my house. See, I I think the first step to real breakthrough is to face the fear. I think the second step is to start thinking win-win. Not win-lose or lose-win. It's win-win. I gotta change the way I, I view God's house. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's when. It's when for the kingdom. And all these other things shall be added unto you. That's when for you. It's not like I'm gonna lose something. No, it's because there's so much to gain. That's why the enemy is trying to, trying to break down the, the, the relational strengths of the house. That's why he's trying to, to, to get you upset with somebody that you can't even remember their name that well. But you're mad at them because they sat where you like to sit. Or, or you know, there's stupid stuff that happens in church. No, we got to understand, this family. It's win-win. You know... I think that when you hear messages that are pro church you assume we're talking anti family. Because you think departmentally, you think the list, you know, you know the list. God first, others second. You know, God, my family, others. And then I'm down here. You know the problem with the list, it don't work. It's like a chest of drawers. You get the top shelf, and that's where you put God, and then the next shelf, and that's where you put your family, and you get the next shelf, and you come in, and you open different drawers, and you take out stuff, and you go out. No. See, it's it's different than that. It's 100% in, in all of it. I'm 100% in God. I'm 100% for the house of God. I'm 100% for my wife, my kids. I'm 100%. You, try this tonight when you leave here. When you, when you go to the parking lot and you're going to leave, just leave your tires here. <laughs> this section, you just leave your engine here. Okay? Just but leave it and go. You can't do that. Why? It won't work. That's the problem with the list. It won't work. Because you're trying to carry pieces. No, I want the whole car. I, I even want the radio. I want the wiper blades. I want the headlight. I need it all. And, and you got, you got to realize that what God's wanting to do in your life is, is to bring you to a place where, no, this is just how we live. This is how we roll. That's for me and my house. We're serving God. Your kids ain't no different than my kids. If the enemy's picking on your kids, I'm kicking devil booty. Not looking at you going, well, you got some problems there. Good luck. No, we're all in. We're family. Hello? Look at your neighbor and say, think win-win. You know, don't don't play not to lose. Don't get that mindset. You, you know what I mean about not to lose. You know it's it's, it's uh, uh, you go out and at halftime you are way ahead, and so you go back into the second half is trying to figure out how to protect your lead. See, the first half, you were just going for it. Remember that round of golf we did that time, Marty? And at, at the turn, you were up nine or ten strokes. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm going to remind you. <laughs> and Marty comes out and he, and he says to me, I'm oh, ahead, nine or ten strokes. And I said... <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I have to decide if I want to go home a victim or a victor. And he freaked out. Don't you use that Bible stuff out here on the golf course. Don't you? Don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't. You remember that part now? just come back to you slowly. And all of a sudden, instead of the guy who had been driving the ball and sinking the putts, Marty shifted to the guy that was trying to protect his lead, and not take any chances. Well, let me just tell you, at the end of the round, I was shouting and he was pouting. (laughs) Hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord. I think some of us, we, we get ahead, we get salvation, we get blessings are flowing, and all of a sudden we start trying to protect You know, the the blessing of God ought never be the excuse to not serve God. It's the reason we serve God. Children are a blessing from the Lord. Well, don't use them as your excuse not to be in the house of God. That's the reason we sow our life into the house of God. So that me and my house will learn to serve the Lord. Well, I prayed, and God gave me a job, and I got to protect that job no i i'm gonna I'm gonna serve God wholeheartedly because of the job, so that God will continue to flow blessings in my life in that job. Hello look at your neighbor and say, "This is really good for you <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Step three, okay, can we go there? It's time we have to because I'm, I'm out, but I'm going to finish, okay? Hang on a second. Step three, invest in God's house. Become an owner. As for me and my house. So you got to cross the line from attending to investing. Oh, you're going to talk about money? Way more than that. I'm talking about sowing your life and taking ownership. See, this this house will never feel like home until you take ownership. Um, Shelby and I, when we leased our home, before we bought the home that we're in, when we leased our home, uh, we took care of the yard. But I didn't go hang out at nurseries buying plants. wasn't looking for trees and where to plant them. No, that's the landlord's deal. Uh, when, uh, you know, we didn't wander up and down the aisles of, of Home Depot dreaming about changing the, the wall color. No, 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 no. Because that's their house. But when, when, you, when you own it, man, now, now you're, you're carving money. You know, you're not eating out so that you can get that one tree and put it right there. And you're, 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 you're making investments in it because you own it. See, when I hear him say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God, I don't think me and Shelby and Evan and Stephen and TJ. I think me and my house. Did, well, where's that church property of yours? I get asked that a lot. I just want to choke people out for Jesus. I can resuscitate and bring them back, you know, <laughs> raise them from the dead. just want to, just you know, your church, your church, it's not my church. It's not Keith and A 's church. It's not Todd and Kelly's church. This is your church. As for me and my house, my house, See, I, I'm not going through life alone. And I just want to be real pastoral for a minute because some of you guys, even though you're attending, you ain't investing. And you're not an owner yet. And so really you're isolated and, and you're out there and you're, you're separated and, you're, and, and, and you don't feel the strength that's right there for you. And you're facing things that nobody else knows about. Proverbs 18.1 says, He who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment. My translation, which is coming out real soon, the Field East translation, it says, He who willfully isolates himself from God or man is an idiot. Because You know, I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. I have strength for anything. But usually it's, it's in you. And, and I'm, I'm facing a situation and, and there's something going on in my life and, and I don't, you know, man, I, I can't deal with that, but, but I've got a brother. Come here, bro. This is my strength. Okay, <laughs> I'm actually here to help you walk, all right okay, teamwork teamwork, but I, I got the strength you, you know but the but the weakness I still got that weakness, but I got a strength, but you know what's cool? stay here, stay here, don't fall over. <laughs> but what's cool is he's not my only strength. Get up there, come here, bro. come here. Some of it is under duress. (laughs) I'm getting stronger. My weakness is getting smaller. Huh? I still got it. But, but it, it won't take long. And, you know, if, if, if we keep getting guys, and, you know, we could make a big circle and then sing Kumbaya. But the, the, the deal is, is that, you know, when, when you look around this room, you realize that here's my strength for all things. But if you live isolated and separated, you don't have this strength. I mean, one of the worst things that happens around here is, you know, You don't see people sometimes for a while. And then you hook up with them and you find out, yeah, about two and a half months ago, went in for surgery. While I was in there, you know, they did something and something, this thing happened and that thing went beep and that thing uh, they did there. So they shipped me to Spokane. And I was down there. And and your family don't know anything about that. And uh, we're really struggling here because while we were gone, you know, this happened and that happened. You have strength. For all things, we know you've got weakness. We know some of you don't even want to be standing here. (laughs) But we have strength for all things because of each other. Give these guys a hand. You need help back to the chair. Yeah. (laughs) Watch your step. You, you gotta you gotta invest you know you know what what I wish that you'd get up every day and say i love my church I'm gonna tell you something I love my church I love my church and well yeah you get paid to be here I could get paid more to be other places I ain't hung out anywhere in my entire life that I didn't want to be. Let me tell you the promise that God gave me. Any place you set your foot will prosper. I'm not talking about I read it. I'm talking about I had a rhema. Because a little over eight years ago, nine years ago, we we were at a place of transition, making decisions. Didn't know what to do. So we fasted and prayed god said anywhere you put your foot i'll prosper you and our family we made a decision but why don't we just hang out here can i tell you something we're not here because we had to be here we're here because we choose to be here i love my church and I think, you, I think you ought to have that burning on the inside. I love my church. You know, the people who don't connect, the people who don't, who, who don't commit, the people who don't complete each other, those are not the people who are experiencing victory in every realm of their life. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't let that fear keep you from really embracing... Because, you know, here's the deal is, if, if you don't know that you matter, well, you're never going to be able to convince others who are yet far from God that they matter. Don't underestimate the role that you play in the family. But make the investment. And, and, and number four, and I'm done. Stay committed regardless of the season. You know, we had three boys on three different teams, three different coaches, three different games, usually at one time. So, you, know, th- you know, nine w- during baseball. season. I hated baseball. I liked it before the boys started playing it. But when they were playing it, you know, because in baseball, it's not like football where you got, okay, Friday night's game night. No, baseball, there's games all during, there's three games each during, during the week. Three games times three kids, nine games a week plus practice, plus church. I, I just want to ask you, did you notice any, any breakdown in my commitment to you during that season? You don't have to disconnect because your life is busy. We get that. We understand that. But you, you, matter of fact, you have to increase your connect because you're not visible as much as you used to be. There are quite a few times that Shelby has been at games and, and we're here and then jetting off out right after the service. So you can make life happen. I said you you can get creative and you can find a way, but don't let the enemy separate you from your source of strength. Well, why are we talking about this? I thought you were talking about fasting. Well, right. I'm praying that God gives you revelation. Because we're praying for God's way for us, for our children, and for our substance. And can I just tell you that your way, Proverbs fourteen twelve says that there's a way that seems right to you. There's a way that seemeth right to man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. I, I'm telling you that your way, my way, don't always line up with God's way. But God's way is going to lead us to a place where we actually fulfill the dream he had before he squeezed us into shape. And the fulfillment of God's plan for my life and your life. We actually need each other to see that accomplished. I said we actually need each other to see that accomplished. You might be sitting there looking around the room thinking Oh, I don't see anybody in here that I would want to hook up with. Don't sell off everybody so short. Don't don't let your insecurities keep you from developing real relationship. Because you know what relationship does? Relationship always pulls you to a new level. It always it always pulls you up to a new level. To a place you couldn't get without the relationship. Hey man. You learn anything? We all good? Say, I love love. Pastor Pastor Tom. Amen. Close your book. Bow your head. Let's pray. I just feel so much better now. Father, we just thank you for the work.